you know why I pulled you over today? It was because of littering. Littering and littering and smoking the reefer. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Polarized Podcast. Glad to have you here or back, whichever it is. <laughs> uh, for those just joining us, that must have been a little a little weird, but you know, hey, this is uh, everybody this is just a- joined us, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you mean this is their first episode? This is their first episode. Oh, I see. Yes. <laughs> if you're just joining us, <laughs> if you're just joining us, ah, coming in. Well, <laughs> <Hell>, anyways, <laughs> this, this episode's already got off the rails. Like this movie. Okay, but to bring it back on the rails, I'll shut it. I'll yeah. shut up. No, stop it. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> it's gonna get silly. It's gonna get silly. <laughs> <laughs> so podcast that's oh, us yep. that's what we're doing polarize hey how's it going uh no this is um for those of uh, of you who are just listening to the first time again wow but this is a podcast about where we talk about polarizing movies polarizing movies in the sense of rotten tomato scores critics either hate it and audiences love it or vice versa that is what we do here that's why we are called polarized uh yeah so today we're talking about super troopers oh god i'm a little giggly to just thinking <laughs> about it um super troopers so the uh critics rated this a 36 percent. audiences rated this a 98 this came out in 2001 uh broken lizards uh yeah so let's uh this is a discussion podcast so it isn't just me if you were thinking that you're wrong uh i would like to introduce my co-host and we like to call him sometimes or maybe too often or all the time forever guest mr james Lindsay. how's it going yes hello how are you i'm i'm back again to to join the polarized <laughs> kingdom in the festivities of a good lively discussion of a of a movie that people disagree on um whether we agree or disagree today uh, Brandon, or as I like to call you, the great Brandini. Mm-hmm. Um, Breezy Brandini as well. Uh, is there any other names? Uh, oh yeah, we got the Breezy Brandini. Brandini. That's your that's your be- beverage. That uh, yep. um, you know, I we were in a group text uh, earlier, and one of our good friends, uh, Pat Frisky, <laughs> yeah. uh, referred to you as Brandalonius. <laughs> yeah, and I would, I thought it would be good to just add a monk onto the end of there. Brandalonius monk, monk is pretty mm-hmm. pretty great. So we'll just go ahead and tack that on. Got um, it. Okay, we're compiling them, and it is yeah, all all wonderful ways to describe. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna keep on it. accruing them, and I and I should let everybody know I already sent the picture to uh, Great Brandini here, but I saw a store called Brandini Toffee. It was a toffee, <laughs> toffee. A toffee store. And it, and you it, know what? And I love said, me some toffee. It said Brandini. I'm a big toffee guy myself. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. What's your favorite what? form of toffee? Oh my God. A score bar rocks so hard. Ooh, what's in a score bar? I got to look a this score up. bar is like a thin piece of toffee. And then on a wafer, I, I, I or is it just toffee? Am I, Scores a chocolate toffee bar. That's yes. all it says. <laughs> okay. It, it, it really just it and is slab just of butter toffee covered in milk, milk chocolate. Oh, simple. It's kind of like a Heath bar, it looks like. But what's the difference? Uh-huh. A Heath what's bar is not. 
Yeah, what is the difference? But both know. are some of my top tier candy. I that and like uh, Abba Zaba. Oh, now yeah. that is. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, that's, that's. I feel like Abba Zaba is a polarizing candy. If you ask me, I feel like you either, you either like an Abba Zaba or you're, or you're mm. like, uh, no, no, spank you, Abba Abba. <laughs> <Mr>. <laughs> Abba slash Zabba. Um, what's, I'm thinking of like, what's the hundred grand uh, one? There's like a bunch of good stuff in that one, right? Oh, yeah. That one I think had... that's why it's called a hundred grand is because it's got so much stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, back when it came out, it might have cost a hundred grand. Who knows? <laughs> oh, there's no toffee in it. Chocolate carm caramel crisp rice. That crisp rice can go a long way. Crisp Because as opposed to like, I don't know, sometimes a nougat, it's very airy. You get a lot of air, oh. air pockets. I like that rice is like a little crunchy air pocket that you'll you'll get instead. Are you a are you a, are you a nougat guy? Oh, well, you know what? I don't really love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean, if you you know, given like a Halloween or a variety pack of candies that usually have the big staples, yeah. So that would be a Three Musketeer bar. Would be the they one always got to throw a fucking Three Musketeers, the one yeah. that no one wants. wants. <laughs> they just got no one like wants it. No one wants it. Oh yeah, we'll throw a Reese's. We'll get a Snickers, and how about an Almond Joy? Oh shit. Well, we'll get that one. No one's gonna eat the Almond Joy, but you know, everyone else. Do you like an Almond Joy? I feel like that's no. another one. If that's another one that's always left no. at the bottom of the. Of the mixed candy bag that no one really wants. Are you a regular M&M or are you a peanut? Or what's your favorite version of M&M? Oh, great question. Yeah, uh, I'm, so, getting, yeah I'm getting uh, uh, wonderful. grilling you with the important questions of our time. Yeah. Okay, so what kind of M&Ms do I like? I love the OG. I love okay. the OG. Then it's followed by the peanut butter, then the peanut. Ooh, that's the distinction that I'm probably most curious about. I oh, do like yeah. pretzel. Want to include it on the list. Do love the pretzel ones. Uh, mm. Just, yeah, out of all of those, I'm sorry that it's at the bottom, but no, nothing against it. Yeah, so take it easy, pretzel yeah. M&M people. <laughs> Don't put down your pitchforks. Put down your pitchforks. It's going to be okay. It'll be all right. I'm a peanut, yeah. I'm a peanut M&M guy all the way. That's like, that's like top, top snack, top like movie going snack or candy if i'm gonna if i'm gonna pick one should we just announce at the top of every show that people should put their pitchforks down <laughs> if you're just joining us <laughs> calm down just slow down leave your pitchforks at the door this is polarized but i'm just Things saying are about baby. to get polarized baby <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like sexy. <laughs> Making polarized conversations and ratings fun. And <laughs> well, it's like, I wonder how many people click on an episode if they are clicking on an episode because they're like, oh, I know that movie because I like it. Or they're like, oh, yeah. I know that movie because I hate it. Right. Probably more like it. Probably more the affirmative. But I know there's like certain ones that like are entertaining and interesting and bring about a lively discussion. Like, I mean, like the one today. But a couple of the ones recently, like Butterfly Effect or uh, uh, or something uh, kind of just like that's probing you to to stir a discussion to get something going. Um, uh, but this one, this is this is a comedy. We're we're talking about is, a, we're talking about a, com a comedy today. Folks. Easy breezy. Yes, sir. <laughs> this is what that. Yeah, this movie. Holy shit! It is uh, goes down super easy. Like it's. You know, super troopers goes down super easy. Yes, that's what yeah. I meant. Super, super duper troopers, super <laughs> duper easy. Uh, yeah, troopy doopies. Yeah, totally. 
Wait, speaking of doopies, what is the name <laughs> of the, bur the burger place? I couldn't, I, for, I was having the, the hardest time. Called? Yeah, I was having the hardest time understanding because they just, because they had that whole bit with Farva at the uh, burger place. Yeah, and then they're bit. asking about like duper sizing it or di dip a size, dupe duper size, dupe. It's, yeah, there's something like that where it's like, are you sure if we're like a quarter more, you don't want to dimpus, dimpus burgers. Yeah. What a terrible name. Give me what a double bacon cheesy burger, double bacon cheeseburger. You just like, D yeah, just it fucks up the pronunciation, and then you, yeah, that oh well, my that's God. like one of the best best scenes I, I feel like, and that guy is only in no, he, he's like in one little tiny thing at the end or like later, but uh, yeah, yeah right. I guess. I guess they like picked him up off like the street in like Hollywood or something outside like improv sure. or some shit like that. And he wasn't even, he didn't, he didn't, he never been on an audition and the director like, and writer and star, uh, he like just approached him cause he thought he was a funny guy and he, that's all he, he's, he's a funny guy. And then yeah. he just was like, yeah, he should be in my movie. And the interview I watched with him, he's just, he's like, I love that guy. I love yeah. him. And he's like, this is like my favorite scene in the movie. Because, <laughs> and he tells this whole, story, this whole story about in like whatever at the time, like around the time they were making this movie or writing it was they would go to Burger King or, or McDonald's, I guess it was. And they'd always, that was like when Supersize was like becoming yeah. really popular and they were really, a, yeah. the employees were really pushed to ask people if they wanted to supersize their meal yeah. and they were like really like kind of pushy about it. So I guess that's how it Isn't came, that, came from that. Uh, oh my God. Then I was thinking about that situation or like what, you know, being in that situation previously and how much of a, uh, a thing and a big deal it was about supersizing your meal, you know, upselling uh, to, yeah, larger quantities of fast food and that being the norm. And then it's such an oddity, I feel like, because I don't, it, for some reason, I want to say that this doesn't happen often, but we collectively were like, this is bad for us and we're going to just go, no. <laughs> well, we're you, not, know, we're, you know we're what gonna it was? We're actually was... take our dollars away. Well, was, oh, with the, you mean as a society or just like a, as a society, we just because said, I was instead uh, of supersize me was, was, sure. the, was a big part of that. I mean, after, I think after that came out, like they actually like kind of changed their model a bit and tried to add, add like healthier options and be at least uh, like ad advertising that side of things a bit more. Uh, Cause Morgan Spurlock is really just saving the world. Isn't he just, he just, he just saves, saves the whole world by eating all that fast food for, for a month. God bless him. <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> he oh. makes it all about himself. And then, you know, and, and then, you know, he just makes it uh, mm. better for the world because it's, it's a more about, more about how he experiences, uh, experiences life. And that's the life I want to live is by seeing how Morgan Spurlock goes through it and then make, and then making my decisions. <laughs> it, no. I want to see Morgan no, Spurlock do, do, that. do 30 days of everything before I decide to try it. I think he had a TV show and he tackled. Is that what? Oh, that was that. Yeah. That's yeah. Mm, that seems like a yeah a fair model for for him to. Uh, oh yeah, for keep sure. on exercising that ego, you know. And getting, yeah, and then I think he got like me tooed or something, and then that's why he's not doing documentaries anymore. I mean, that tracks with a mustache like that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just with you know celebrities and influential people. You know that it kind of tracks just in general. Yeah, in the general sense, you know, you just can't make uh, yeah. 
don't idolize your uh, don't idolize celebrities don't idolize these people um, oh he seems very full of himself he seems like the kind of guy yeah. that would you know you'd fuck himself if given that <laughs> he probably has you can, and he probably yeah. should go fuck himself so we can you know move on from that um <laughs> Where were we? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Nothing, wrong with, nothing wrong with supersizing. I didn't mean to break, be a downer about it, but yeah. Like, oh no, the guy just is annoying. But uh, yeah, that's totally. my own opinion, so whatever. But like, you back to candy bars. <laughs> back to candy bars. Oh, so what I wanted to ask you, <laughs> no, about, you know, I had a really important question. And then we'll Burger. Ask, I know, I know. Where we should talk about the movie, but in <laughs> a any variety pack of mm. and here are your four options. Okay. How would you rate them? Okay. Okay. Great. You got. Twix, Snickers, Milky Way, peanut butter M&M's. Twix, Snickers, Milky Way. Actually. And then what was the last one? Regular M&M? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I think it's it's uh, caramel M&M's. Caramel M&M's? Have you had caramel M&M's? If, if you haven't had caramel M&M's, then let me replace it with peanut M&M's. Well, so between those. I mean, Okay. So we got Twix, Snickers, Milky Way. I think it's still a tough decision. And Peanut M&M. <laughs> uh-huh. So Peanut M&M, yeah, that's my favorite. Then Snickers. Pe- anything Peanut Chocolate is my bag, baby. Like Reese's might be my favorite. And then, yeah, Peanut Butter, or sorry, Peanut M&M and Snickers. I like Peanut Butter M&Ms and even Peanut Butter Snickers, I think they came out with as well. Anyways, so yeah, uh-huh. Peanut M&M, Snickers, Twix, Milky Way. Because Milky yeah. Way is way more than nougat. Twix is like that wafer that has that crunch. I need a little bit more substance in my candy mm. bar. And that's why I like toffee and like, yeah, well, caramel, mm. peanut, something like a little chewier, like a little yeah. pushback or something, you know, something like a. <laughs> but like a Three Musketeers and Milky Way, they just like, it's just like a pillow or like a little it's, like cloudy. Yeah. I remember the, comer- though. the commercials were like. This, oh, you know, yeah. a woman would be walking, walking about mm-hmm. town. She's like, oh man, I'm so Silky. busy, so busy yeah. today. And she's like, oh, I'll open my purse for my little snack. And then the three musketeers would start floating, floating away, away because right. it's so light. And she's like, oh, I can't get my three musketeers back. Um, all right. Your, your rating. I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear it. Okay. Uh, it's going to go. Uh, you can do caramel M&Ms if you'd like as well. No, I'll stick with peanut. It's gonna for me. For me, it's gonna go Twix, peanut butter, M and M, Snicker, Milky Way. See, yeah, Milky Way bottom. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm, sure. Twix a top though. You like Twix, Twix more than is. Twix more than a Snickers? Yeah, man, I love Twix. Twix are great. I don't. Oh, yeah, Twix I don't is a, t- t- a yeah top tier candy for me. That's cool. Snickers yeah. just yeah. I think I have both that one and like M and M's. Peanuts are like, if, if you, even if you're like kind of hungry, and that's always the, the commercial, the Snickers commercial, yeah, like, yeah, right. you need a Snickers, but it's you. like, it's yeah, kind of accurate because yeah. it's like half, sometimes it's half candy bar, half like energy bar. <laughs> oh, stop it. The energy <laughs> is just coming from the sheer amount yeah. of sugar. That, that Woo. I just, yeah, well, you, it, get some, you get some of that peanut protein. <laughs> <laughs> which is mainly just fat <laughs> which is yum, energy yum, fine yum, yum, yum. but oh, yeah oh that's too funny yeah that that even you know that advertising campaign is hilarious because it's, it's subtly it's going like just kind of also to the uh not kind of but as well as the milky way example that you gave or the yeah it was the milky way 
I gave two advertisement examples because that's how I view my candy bars is through what the oh media is how the media tells me to feel about it. Because they're one of the oldest brands and they've been advertising yeah for a while. They're and, they're, good, and they know. can be some fun commercials. Dude, totally. Yeah. Like, as far it, as commercials. It's a competitive, yeah. Cause I the way that we're talking about it too, and the way that advertisers think about it is, is you're trying to create, like you always need to be creating new customers and there's a strong brand loyalty. I feel like to certain, uh, candy bars for people, you know, so if you, so it's really important to advertise because if you catch somebody, you know, picking up a Snickers and then really loving it and then starting to like have it more and more. Yeah. I mean, God, that's that. Yeah. You're going to be a Snickers person for forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially if, yeah, like the parents are like, oh, yeah, you got to get that candy bar. That's always been my favorite. I got to tell my kid mm-hmm. about it. And then, yeah, there's new new customers right there. Or you do something weird like, I don't know, remember, it was like advertising campaigns. Was it like early 2010s and shit where there was just, everything was just really weird or like, like it was early just ran- It was like yeah. so, ra- hashtag so, so random yeah. sort of thing. And those Skittles commercials that were just like taste the rainbow and uh-huh. the most like strange, borderline uncomfortable stuff would happen. And then at the end, it'd be like, Skittles taste the rainbow. <laughs> and it'd be like, oh, that caught my attention. I guess you got my <laughs> attention. <laughs> but then I, that was when I, that was my sour candy phase. And I just not been digging the sour uh, stuff as, Whoa, as much. Whoa, I you love know. the sour. I do too, but it just, I don't know, it just fucks me up. Okay. You know, but I love, Sour Patch Kids uh, <sighs> used to always Pop be my tear. favorite, but yeah. I don't know. I just Sour Patch Kids are so 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 good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's in the that's on like my candy Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big big Sour Patch big. Kid head. <laughs> just, yeah. I don't know what the Twix mascot is. It's just <laughs> just a stick. Yeah, <laughs> left or right. Oh, see, there's no. my, there's my third advertising. There it is. Oh, yeah, there it is. Uh, I mean, it's fun. It's fun. Willy Wonka. What, what would Willy Wonka's advertisement? Advert, I guess it would just be like golden ticket. Get your golden ticket. But yeah, right. When there's not a golden ticket campaign, I wonder what other kind of stuff he. I think he it is advertising. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's definitely because. Uh, You'd have to ask Mr. Slugworth. I guess Slugworth is kind of in charge of that, right? Because he's like, <laughs> isn't that the twist? Like, oh, it's been a while since I've seen it. That's like the twist, right? Is like Slugworth is actually working for Willy Wonka the whole time. Oh, I didn't know that. Slugworth is what character? He's the one that like is telling each of the kids, each time a kid wins the golden ticket, you see the creepy kind of Christmas lover looking guy with glasses go up to each of the kid and whisper something in their ear. By the time it gets to Charlie, you find out what he says. He's like, I want the formula for the everlasting gobstopper. If you get me that formula, and he says he represents like the rival candy company, if you give me the the formula for for the everlasting gobstopper, then I had to forget what it was like. You get your, I'll take care of your family. You'll get a bunch of money and all this stuff. So all the, so it's like a test. And then you find out at the end, it was just a test. Willy Wonka set up to see which of the kids would betray oh, it's worthy him. Enough. Mm-hmm. And so like a lot of those kids, when you see the everlasting gobstopper come up, it's like Charlie at the very end, uh, he's the only kid alive at the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. and then he's in his office. You lose, you win nothing. That whole scene. Um, He's walking away, but then he like leaves the everlasting gobstopper on his desk as he's leaving, and then Willy Wonka's like, "You passed! <laughs> it was all a test." And the slugworth was right test. there. He's like, "Good job!" And uh, yeah, but wow, we started with candy. Now wonderful. We're, yeah, here, here we are. <laughs> wow. So 
that'll that'll be it for the podcast, everyone. Yeah, thank thank you so much it. for joining. Wait, wait, was there something else? Oh yeah, let's talk about Super Troopers. Oh shit. <laughs> okay, Dimpus Burgers. Dimpus Burgers. So 2001, James Super Troopers. Mm-hmm. History with this movie? Not much. And as far as like, uh, was like this your first the, time seeing this? No, second time. Oh. But it, to an extent, it might as well have been my first because. Oh cool. I I saw it once in like, kind of like about to go into college. Like that kind of around that time. And uh, my brother-in-law at the time like showed it to me when I visited uh, his place and he was still in college. And uh, that was like, that was a good setting to watch it. I had a good time. Thought it was funny. Didn't really, I didn't really like remember much going into now. It was like, yeah, it must've been like 10 years ago that I, that I watched it that one time. And uh it was a lot better viewing experience this time around. And a lot of it stuck to me more as, I don't know. I just feel like <sighs> some of the more adult stuff like hit me better. Cause I just feel like I was sheltered up to that point and to a certain extent of like certain things didn't like reach oh, me as, gotcha. as funny, or maybe I wasn't in the right uh, crowd or headspace um, for mm. some of the stuff, but uh, it was uh, a, it all came together this viewing experience about why people love this movie so much. I think a lot more than that first viewing experience and, uh, 2001, I was 11. So it was a movie that I'm sure I saw posters and was curious about and thought yeah. was funny. Uh, and I heard about it was like from, a from bad, other people. Yeah. It was yeah. like a very, ooh, like salacious well, movie. Yeah. Before I ask you your history, I was going to, mm-hmm. I was, I almost want, I, maybe I'll share this story is, we really wanted to go see a movie one night when we were younger and it was the year that uh, Club Dread came out, Broken Lizards Club Dread. Uh-huh. And we were we wanted to go see a movie. That was the movie we wanted to see. R-rated, no way we were going to be able to see it. We get dropped off at the movie theater and we were trying to like figure out a way to go see it. And I think we... So, okay. So this was our plan. We're like, we're going to get tickets to Welcome to Mooseport. Yeah. And then we're going to go the, try to sneak into Club Dread. The Romano joint. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Gene Hackman, Ray Romano. Ray Romano, and yeah. uh, we like look. I think we looked into Club Dread Theater, and we saw how packed it was, and we were like, "We're not uh, going to be able to pull this off." And we were like, "All right," we shuffled off to Mooseport, and there's no one in the one in there. There's like older people, you know, and uh, we just sat and watched Moose Mooseport, and I might as well have, you know, that's as memorable in my mind now. But as young as <laughs> as young as I was, you know, whatever. I just remember that whole movie where like. This is kind of boring. <laughs> this is so boring. <laughs> uh, Ray but, Romano, though, I will give it to him. It has a, a weird charisma to him that, yeah, that is oddly watchable. Um, it's a funny yeah, name. Yeah. <laughs> it's a funny <laughs> name is. of a movie. He's got a funny voice as well. <laughs> and we were at that stage in our life. I feel like we were kind of like, let's see it ironically. Right. Totally. But then it ended I mean, up being more just like boring than so bad it's good sort of thing we're just kind of like yeah man we i wonder what the score is on that because that would be a fun revisit i do remember saying welcome to most part i don't uh, yeah i guess i just i don't clearly remember the club dread of it all because i remember seeing club dread like it was a dvd and it was yeah it must have been sometime in um end of middle school Mm -hmm. Cause like it, all of this stuff, all of this movie, all of these had to have happened. We not really seeing them so much the year that they came out, but have having to see them later because 
we are part of the generation of like where DVDs were starting, you know, people were collecting, getting those and those were coming on the scene. So VHS had already paved the way of, you know, movies would come out, you know, to VHS that were like this, that are raunchy comedies. And, you know, as a boy in middle school, in high school, I'm sure you feel the same way as like these raunchy comedies were always something where you're like, oh man, like a old, you know, older class people, older brothers and sisters of friends. Or finally, when you get out to college, you're like, oh, you know, Mm. let's get, let's get stoned off our asses and watch, you know, X, Y, and Z movie that are, yeah, like your, your Harold and Kumar's, your American Pies, your, uh, you know, uh, anchor man. I think there's like a a breadth of kind of those kind of movies that I just kind of missed, like where I didn't have access to it when like everybody was talking about it and it was relevant and I just didn't have access to it. And I didn't get a DVD that was passed around. And again, like my media consumption was a little bit more limited and and Mm, sheltered within at least like high school times and everything and it was harder for me to get access to some of like the raunchier stuff as much as I wanted it to so there's like yeah there's comedies yeah mm-hmm. that I just kind of I feel like miss and then I, I totally. it's, it's interesting to like go back to and see <laughs> see which ones kind of hold up because some of them you know are a little rougher around the edges or, or very stuck in in that time uh but I'm excited to talk about this one and I yeah I'll be I'll be up front I mean right off the bat this movie fucking holds up up. Yeah, dude. This movie holds up. It is a funny fucking movie, and uh, I don't know where where to begin with. I mean, I I, I feel like just just the 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 ma- the making of it, what Club Dread is. Oh no, your your history. I mean, did you did you? Is there anything you wanted to express about your history with? Oh it no, no, because it's kind of touched on it a bit. Yeah, because yeah. all of it is I because I don't specifically remember like the first time I watched this so, movie. Like, Probably because I was like, yeah, I. I almost want to say like, you know, did I even see it in middle school? I'm like thinking that it's like starting to push more high school, if anything, Mm -hmm. before I saw this movie, because yeah, I just similarly to you, I just, and I probably to most people is that when your parents are like gatekeeping, you don't really have a job or making money where you're going to buy super trooper DVDs. I mean, when I'm going to blockbuster or Hollywood video for us, like if I were, I'm trying to think of, could I get away with, uh, you know, sliding in super troopers? Cause that's what would have had to have happened in I order was, for me I, to I have still seen remember it. Like being, yeah, even like, so shook by you showing me saw when I was like 14 and mm-hmm. like a, you're in like your dark living room with like the big subwoofer and just being <laughs> like, I've seen like scary, many scary movies. And I was like, just did not sleep that night. And I was like, Oh my God, the pig man's going to jump in the closet. Mm. God. But yeah, I keep interrupting. No, no, no. It's uh, quite all right. Um, yeah. So I don't remember specifically, but man, such a, f- a fun stoner comedy and uh, to get like into it, you know, we start off with uh, a couple of early 20 something. No, cause they're not 21 yet. So probably like, yeah, uh, 19, 20 year olds, uh, they're smoking and uh, hanging out with each other. And they're talking about, uh, property rights, I think is how it starts. Is yeah, all? it's like something about like the if the the beach. You and it's like, the oh, beach? that's God's beach. You know, that's God's <laughs> yeah. land, man. Like, 
and then yeah this is such a strong opening like i know as as far as just like how comedy hits like it, it it hits the ground running um and it's uh it's already like bringing you into this world in a, in a really funny way and you don't get to see the main characters right off the bat you get to see uh like the the cop representation of them um you know that sort of way of like being scared of them you're scared of them exactly. at first exactly you're like uh-huh. oh no they're like an authority authority figure and it's the fucking cops and whether you're smoking weed or not like it's just scary to see them roll up to you when you're driving and everything. But these guys are, you know, like super like stereotypically like overly showing how stoned they are in a fun, in a funny way. And they're talking about funny things, uh, mm-hmm. having a very stoned conversation, but yeah, you get like the car representation of, of them first. And then this opening scene is just like, I, you can say this throughout the, the, this episode is just, yeah, already getting to classic territory. Yeah, I I think too. There's like this the way that they handle tension, and honestly, the uh, this movie could use more of the camera trickery that happens in this first uh, part, this like cold opening or whatever. Uh, because yeah, the way the the cops pull them over, fuck with them, all of that, it, it just add yeah, it's so fun and and adds a level of stress and also to the thing i want to point out that adds to tension and i think is really kind of wonderful because it's like a ticking time bomb essentially is that the um uh the guy married to anna hendrix is uh has uh, to so they christina, they have christina a, hendrix yeah christina hendrix sorry um the, he eats all of their drugs because mm-hmm. they're afraid of getting pulled over. And then, so yeah, for anybody. I guess it was based on like a true story of one of, the, of if not the main writer, but one of the writers that, oh, like that, sure. that like crossing over into Canada or something. And they just like ate the amount of shrooms that would get 10 people high or something. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Yeah. What oh I, my God. <laughs> not only what? doing that, but then put thrust into that situation. Yes, be, <laughs> right. Because they end up getting put in the back of the cop car, right? Yeah. And the snozberries and, taste like snozberries. Like and, and, and it's all and it's all full circle because we did talk about Willy Wonka earlier. So it all. It oh all my comes god. Together. So yeah. What do you I think mean, a snozberry tastes like? <laughs> we okay? Well, we can. <laughs> disgusting because I think. But, oh, they taste like snozberries, of course. Is uh, like snot, and that's hanging from your nose. Is what I was reading. Is some like schnoz, some snozberries. Like schnoz, yeah, schnoz yeah. nose, berry hanging, like, yeah, so it's just boogers. That's unfortunate. That I, what I read. Damn, you ruined it for me. You ruined <laughs> it. <laughs> I know the snozberries I... do taste like snozberries. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. The, uh, my, fav- my favorite time bomb, moment yeah. of this, yeah, that, that. And it's a disgusting scene and eat all that shit is yeah. fucking disgusting. And it's like in his face and he's just like, oh, sweating, um, everybody's yeah. sweating and freaking out. Freaking and it's out. Like, yeah. And then, uh, but my absolute favorite part is when they think they've, they're off scot free and they're yes. like kind of looking around like, yeah, we're all good. Uh, and then it the car drives away and then it just stops and then just and full on like floor, reverses. Floor. I was dying, man. Like it was just the the timing of it all, their reaction, and whether it's editing and also just the performance yeah, of even cool. just like the stunt driver and how they shoot it, um, <laughs> is is impeccable comedic timing. This movie, I, and I and it, I'm really glad that I'm revisiting it now. And and these scenes are like hitting home and resonating me 
in a much bigger way uh, this go around. Um, but they end up, yeah, throwing them in the back of the cop car. Can you imagine? Yeah, being being stuck back there like. <laughs> like um, and then they uh, they chase down what's his face and his wig and his like uh, He's got a white Mazda Miata. He got a <laughs> white Mazda Miata. Well, yeah, um, we kind of get a uh, intro to the whole gang. So we have right. two. So two cops. We got Rabbit and Thorny that pulled over the uh, stoner kids, and then uh, a white Miata. <laughs> jets by them they get on the horn they uh radio into dispatch and Farva's on there we get a little glimpse into his attitude and demeanor where he's like you know do i need to get out there so we we figure out that he's like forced to be on dispatch then they go chase down the miata and then we meet um he's such a great character Farva's Foster. a great character Oh, Farva's a, a funny character cuz just having a, a whipping post it just yeah uh, it allows the cast to seem like stronger together against this opposition. And you're just allowed to rip on somebody with really funny jokes. And then and but you also it. like, he has like a sympathetic side where it's like, you get why he's uh, upset and spurned by these guys. I know he's totally, like, you know, obviously he's had some, some moments of very terrible judgment. Uh, and that continues. And that just seems like a part of his character. But um, yeah, I like, yeah. I just think he's, there's some depth to him and the way that that guy plays him is kind of like uh oh what's his name from uh like full metal jacket denofrio yeah vincent kind of D'Onofrio. vincent denofrio it kind of reminds me of him and also i mentioned before like a little bit of our past guest kalo if anyone yeah. is, is familiar but i, I think to he's got a kind of a denofrio thing going on as well yeah totally uh so yeah, and then also we we uh, they drive by and we see Foster. So Foster, such an interesting looking dude to be like kind of the um, romantic lead in this movie. Yeah, I was <laughs> really interesting choice. His his comedic chops held up that so well mm-hmm. because I I hate to be so vapid and shallow about some you know someone's looks and everything whatever but it just uh the guy is is trading up with the with his romantic interest like to say to say the least but mm-hmm. once he starts being funny he's he's a funny guy and comedy yeah. goes a long fucking way like if you can make somebody <laughs> laugh like they will they will be attracted to you so like <laughs> I don't know once he started like being natural in the scene and there was some ke- little bit of chemistry formed and I don't know it it, it it became more believable to me and uh, I haven't seen yeah I don't know what else that that guy has been in but he had a uh, he had funny moments in this movie for being the like having that little romantic uh, side part usually that character can be just like a boring kind of like oh we need to get someone attractive to to fill this romantic side of the movie um, but he actually has good comedic bits as well. Yeah, I think, and it goes a long way. Not to say he's not attractive either, but you know what I mean. I know. Stereotypically attractive, whatever. If you'll see, you know, people get it. Um, You know, that also kind of make, kind of, it does make me think about core like reason why I really enjoy this movie is that the, uh, the, all of the characters are like you mentioned with Farva is even though he's like very brutish, stupid, um, yeah, just makes a bunch of mistakes. There is a caring side to him. Mm-hmm. And just like with Foster, he, he is 
confident. He does have moments of insecurity, sure, but he's relatively confident. Like, there's not a, you know, there's not too much of him being incapable of talking to um, the lady cop. Uh, he goes for it. He, there, you know, it isn't a, so none, no time is spent like, uh, should I go talk to her and you mm-hmm. know, getting, yeah, just emasculating. And maybe that's more specifically the point I'm making is, is that I think all of the characters have, they're cool, even though they're incompetent. Incompetence is the best <laughs> best way to put it because yeah it's like and not for not for lack of trying because they couldn't give a fuck to an extent like to <laughs> right. about like get like to to whatever to like to get the day done so they can just go on and do what they actually want to do as well and it's just kind of more treated like another job and this is like a workplace uh-huh. com- comedy to an extent of them yes fucking around like it's full of just vin- vignettes honestly of them just fucking around on the day job of, of being a cop and IE uh, Reno 911 at the time was extremely popular mm. as well. And this, it kind of strikes a similar sort of energy in Reno 911 eventually it doesn't lead to, but you know, the office is, is that same sort of mockumentary sort of feel. This isn't a mockumentary, but it's just like that workplace uh, mixture of, of, of all that, of all that kind of um, stuff. Uh. But no, and, and you were I going off on a different, different point, but you were also talking about, the characters and I and I think that it helps that they are incompetent and imperfect and they have faults. It makes them feel more realized and uh, even so much so that from my little bit of research of just looking at videos of you know behind the scenes and everything, like the reaction of actual real life police to this movie is like they love it. And yeah, they, and they right. they kind of love the depiction of it because they're like, yeah, we do kind of fuck around when we're bored on during the it day. It humanizes and the and, hell out of these guys, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it, I mean, it also, yeah, it just like it, and it says like maybe these guys, all these guys, aren't like the best at their job either, you know, or just they're right. Just, like, they're, they have they're, faults. They're they're human, yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, and and then even some of them are nefarious as well, but. Uh, like in terms of like the actual police in, in this movie, which is the interesting conflict yeah, of it all. But uh-huh. there's like multiple stories and one in particular that uh, Steve Lem, Lemay, Lemay, uh, Mac tells. And if you ever get the chance, just check it out. He has like a good like stand up routine where he where he tells the story of getting pulled going uh, pulled over going 120 on the five going north into Seattle, he says. And he's just like, it's a straight line. I was just going really fast. No one else on the road. Cop pulls him over and, you know, is about to rip into him. And then he's like, oh, you're the guy from Super Troopers. And then, like, <laughs> asked to, like, take a picture with him and all this stuff. And there's, uh, yeah, you should you should see him tell the whole bit because there's other layers to it that are really funny. And I'm just paraphrasing. But Hell yeah. uh, not only him, but other other actors have been like, yeah. So much so that even one, one time they were, like, having a having a party for, yeah, it was for beer fest when they were making beer fest, they were having this big party because they said they pay, they played uh, beer pong like almost every night when they were making that movie because they wanted to stay in character <laughs> and like stay in the energy of, of the movie. And so uh-huh. they were like making a ruckus and they got a noise complaint. Cop came over and saw them and was like, oh, you guys are okay and left and then came back with like seven cops and they were like, can we come party with you? Because <laughs> they saw who they were. They were like, oh, you're super troopers, guys. And so they like came and, and partied with them. And I don't know, seeing that, seeing that reaction of it, it's, it speaks to 
yeah, the the nature of these characters. And another thing I wanted to say, just going up, riffing off of everything, mm-hmm. like this isn't a mean movie. Like this no. isn't like these guys aren't like mean. They're not. And if and if they are, it's like there's there's either reasons or they're just fucking with each other for fun. Um, <laughs> but it never gets to the point where it's like really negative and mean and mean spirited, I, I should say. Yes, as well. no, totally. And, and it's and it stays at a level that is just fun ribbing when it's necessary and a nice mixture of like national lampoon, Mel even Mel Brooks sort of naked gun sort of shit that like all all comes across like making me feel uplifted and happy and, and positive walking in into and out of it because it kind of has this connotation to me almost like yeah kind of like a, a frat boy kind of movie or something like that or like uh-huh. where yeah i don't know it's just uh it could have more more of that energy where it's a little bit more harsh or something like th- that yeah because i think a lot of raunchy comedies f- do that they are that's maybe spirited. more like national some of the national bad national lampoon stuff yeah yeah oh in particular because yeah it's it's a double-edged sword it seems like that in order to rib on each other to make fun of each other you walk a fine line between being you know doing it with not the intention to like really hurt that person but to just make them laugh just to make them laugh yeah absolutely and they even say as much in this movie where they're like when they're all stoned watching Johnny Chimpo where they're talking about Farva and they're like, you know, the problem with Farva is, is his shenanigans are mean spirited. That's right. Our shenanigans are fun mm-hmm. and cheeky. That's like, right. That, they, they, you're so right. They have a full commentary about that. Right. Evil shenanigans. <laughs> evil shenanigans and then i love the button on it too because that that's just come up so much in my life um just yeah like hey farva what's that place with all the goofy shit on the wall like oh you mean shenanigans you talking about shenanigans hey. you say shenanigans one more time oh my god that yeah. was oh, oh let's so talk about good. Brian Cox. i was let's... just gonna bring that up thank you so <laughs> much yes Okay, so have you? Are you seen... going to bring up that one show that I haven't seen? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, never mind. I'm not... <laughs> anyway, uh, that's like the, definitely the reason I want to. What's it called again? Succession. It's, uh, Succession. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I like he would be the reason I would watch it. I fucking love him. Yeah, you end up watching it for Jeremy Strong. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, I Jeremy should watch Strong. it. Yeah. Oh man, Jeremy Strong is yeah something else, and yeah, yeah. Check it okay. out. Uh, it's I'm definitely sure. like, yeah, a huge show. Yeah. And I mean, he, I'm so Absolutely. glad to see he's like leading a show and getting so much credit. And, uh, you know, these like GQ actors talking about like videos, <laughs> actors talking about like their careers. I like pulled his up and I'm like, there's a little tiny blurb on YouTube of like when he talks about super troopers. And that was just a blast. He was just like, yeah, like I just like people ask me why I did that movie. And I, and I just thought, it was a silly fun movie. And then I really wanted to do the polar opposite of something that I've done recent, like a, dram- a dramatic uh-huh. thing I'd done recently. And so I wanted to do something completely different. And I just, ah, oh, man, it made me gain so much. Re- all the respect I already had for him. It just made me gain so much more. Cause yeah, it appeared in my life. Like gladiator was my favorite movie. He's fucking awesome in that. And I mean, even adaptation, he's not huge in gladiator, but he's in it. Uh, <laughs> and like, adaptation he's just fucking awesome he's not in, and, in a uh, lot in that a lot either but great 
he is steals a scene is my point and he's uh-huh. always been like oh it's that guy because before i knew his name was brian cox he'd be like oh it's that guy oh it's him oh and he'd With always droopy face <laughs> droopy face man and then it's like oh born supremacy or identity or whatever i think he's, oh, yeah, I think yeah. he's in some of those i think he's uh uh he's yeah he's he's like on the on the wire or whatever just like yelling orders and shit he's got a great like you gotta do this thing, you know. <laughs> like I mean, just it's very. Uh, oh yeah, like, yeah. He can yell really well. <laughs> yeah, he just gets upset. He's good at being upset. <laughs> and then his character in this movie is su- is a subtle one, and I like the nuance of how he plays it because, and how they, and especially how they write it too, um, is that it's not the like hard hidden boss like police chief of like listen up no more sh-. like uh-huh. actually he does say no more shenanigans he but does like, say no more shenanigans that's not the best example but he's not he he's respects not, like, them he, he allows he's like, on their team but then he has another scene where he's like oh you guys are doing the the cock shield thing bulletproof shield uh thing and he's upset and about the live, live bullets but he's just like uh-huh. you know he's familiar with some shenanigans he just has to put on a front so they don't get shut down but you can mm-hmm. tell that he is the natural next progression of these characters, if they were to stay on the force and they were to sure. continue being who they are, they would grow up to be this guy. Mm-hmm. And even he's, even him, he's just like, fuck Farva. Like Farva's like, we should have <laughs> taken him out and shot him. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. That, a little, he says it like twice. But, in but the then movie. he's like, that's like the old, he's the old school kind of just a little too rough. Well, he also edges, gets plastered too, too intense. <laughs> well, there's that whole whole entire uh, situation of them all getting just shit house. And, and he plays too- drunk so well too. Ugh. Oh, he just elevates all of this. All of this is already great. And then he uh-huh. he is like driving some of the scenes in terms of and, and just like having uh, some legitimacy to the actual narrative. And all these guys, it gives oh, all these guys extra. Uh, a, a better stage to fuck uh, around when Brian Cox is like <laughs> trying to rein him in, like guys, 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 and they're just like <laughs> meow, 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 and like he's just like oh fuck, and it's like makes it that much funnier because you have a level-headed person, some level-headed person trying to like uh, bring it together. But then, uh, but then he, again, he has a nuance where it's like he has that side of him in as well, and then he gets drunk, and you see that as well. It's uh, yeah, you see multiple facets of some of these characters. It's it's pretty great. <laughs> Uh, but really wonderful. Not necessarily like the only reason I love the movie, but it's cool that that is also here. Um, uh-huh, sure. But this, I mean, the, yeah, the main conflict of this movie, do you want to explain it? Yeah. The main conflict of the movie is, is that the, um, the station, the, the highway patrol, their highway patrolmen, and they are going to get shut down because of budgetary constraints from the gov, like at the government level. And a part of that has to do with the fact that the cops have been overreaching so that it seems like they're doing even more work and they're the highway patrolmen are like not as necessary. And so, yeah, just that's the prevailing conflict is stations getting shut down. Cops are taking over their routes over their position and that's the overarching one. And at the center of it is uh, a drug conspiracy smuggling operation uh, with they find out because what, how, when do they, Oh, they first find out because uh, who are the two guys that are, 
get trapped? Is it Rabbit and Foster potentially? But like two of the cops get pull over a truck driver that uh, missed a way station. So that gives you an idea of like what their job is, um, is yeah. Anything on the highway from, are they in Vermont to Canada? What was, Oh, what, I forget actually. Something uh, like, I, it smells like sex in here. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, okay. This, yes. <laughs> I, oh my god and then also too they were fucking with them from the jump and rabbit no so it couldn't have been rabbit but but rabbit fucks up and says no we just parked your car over there and then thorny's like come on we could have let that go for longer because the two cops that got um yeah they pull over a truck driver uh they start investigating what he's what load what's his load or whatever and then he pushes them into the the back of the truck locks the door and then they're stuck in there and so yeah thorny and a rabbit come and release them and then yes first thing thorny says is it smells like sex in here <laughs> <laughs> and they're also they were taught i i also made a note of like um mac was part of the uh, the two cops that are so mac and foster i think were the ones in the uh, truck, but was talking to Foster about how many times he's gotten crabs. I think was oh, the, yeah. what he was <laughs> talking about before the the back of the truck opened up. It's like, and so that's the second time I got crabs. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> it smells like sex in here. <laughs> yeah. And then like he he like the first thing he does is just like rustle a box and opens it. And, and then it's like, you guys didn't even do that in your whole do time. That. Inside. <laughs> you didn't look at any of this shit. Yeah, I guess it's pitch it black in there. there. Yeah. But that's true. Regardless, but that's, like, that's would... kind of starts the whole kind of, if there, there's like a, you gotta a thre- have flashlights, the yeah. thread of the plot kind of is pushed through, uh, from, from this big bust of, uh, marijuana. And, uh, this also kind of leads to one of my favorite, Maybe my favorite line in the movie is when it's the mayor that comes and yeah. checks out checks out the bus that they have, and he is just has this energy. He's just like, yeah, he's got like a Patrick Warburton thing going on. He's just like yeah. kind of monotone, but he's also really strong voice as well <laughs> and, and strong looking as well. He's tall, like tall, yeah, very Big tall, stature. muscular st- stature. Dude, I'm so glad you brought him up. So he's a producer on the movie, and oh, you can wow. kind of tell like he's not okay. an actor. Because of what you're saying is he has such a weird energy about him where he's he has like, like one beat one beat he just yeah. is reading the lines and he's saying it with confidence yeah. and then he's like but i they uh, must be like say, say like just say keep saying lines just like that because that's a funny way to speak and he's just good at taking direction he's like exactly yeah, so i'll right. just keep that so yeah they like have this big setup of of the bus and then he's like oh can i take a picture yeah. with it and they throw him a shock and he's like spread it on <laughs> <laughs> unexpected unexpected like whatever you're gonna say it could be cool especially in that voice but he like says spread it on (laughs) and again it's this scene is so funny because the energy is so bizarre where so this guy is like the department like head of the of law enforcement of some kind. So like everybody's boss and then some, because he's coming in because they had this huge drug bust and he's like, Oh, you know, kind of commending them essentially. And so there's this, everybody's on their best behavior. We're taking pictures and whatnot. And then, yeah, this guy comes in with this crazy ass energy where he's just (laughs) like, you know, yeah. 
pumping everybody up, but doing it. And he's like, also talking politics. He's like, we're going to get the governor down here. And just like, really like, yeah, I don't know. But he's kind of unhinged a bit because his like tie, his tie is loose. And then his like sleeves are rolled up. And you're like, I'm not sure if I can trust him. <laughs> and then he asked, hey, can I get a gun? And then I was... I was laughing pretty hard because that was so unexpected. Like, wait a minute. Could you imagine seeing what the picture they took on like a paper of some kind where it's like, you just are like, like it's a, a cover for a rap album. Like yeah. just got guns in the off, ready to spread it on. Like, so wild oh i'm glad you brought that up yeah so yeah one of my favorite like side characters and then yeah we already talked about the burger burger place and that that guy mm -hmm. serving them was like another just amazing sort of just person they found that was that was funny that they they put in there and then i'm sure this guy has been a in a bunch of things and maybe his his voice too because his his voice sounds so familiar I'm, i wouldn't be surprised if he was a voice actor in something but the police chief uh was a great sort of villain kind of guy you can hate and even a uh, really great deadpan delivery as well. He was just super deadpan about everything. Um, and mm -hmm. it just filled out this already great cast and already great uh, chemistry and, and energy of the movie. And another one that I wanted to mention is uh, he's like the redhead with the big mustache. Uh -huh. And he's just got this kind of like yeah. really <laughs> Yeah, K like HD, <laughs> you know, very caffeinated or coked up or whatever. Because he just his resting face it seems like he's just getting blown by a, like a leaf blower. He's just you know very yeah. I, he's I like wonder constantly yeah, nodding. He and vibrates. Yeah. I forget some of his. He's got some good lines of just and you can. He's already, I'm already before he says anything. I'm looking at him just like. What is what is this guy deal guys deal? What is he gonna say? Um, and one, I yeah, one of my favorites is like near the end where he's just like, he's getting up and leaving because uh, he's gotta go check out the bear incident, and he's like, uh, and the guy's like, oh, I'm I'm coming with you. He's like, no, somebody's gotta watch the police station. <laughs> oh fuck it, fuck it, <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Um, oh man, yeah. Yeah, They're going to leave the I mean, two there's... dumbest guys at the station. That's part of their like VO of this heist that they're going to do. That is like the, yeah, I guess act three is like all this heist to get, you know, the marijuana from the Winnebago to the event. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Which starts from like the romantic, if there's anything else you want to say about the romantic uh, angle. I, I guess I, we already kind of touched. I thought their, I thought their dinner that. was very funny. Where they're, yes. you know, they have two very funny moments. Yes. So the first one is, yes. is let's talk about let's is a, is it's something they are so deft at giving not too much attention to to certain bits as well. They like have their moment and then move on. It's it, yeah. It's it just continues to be funny. You don't have to continue yep. to comment about it or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just existing and being funny because it's you know so crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, there's actually three with the, and that just, yeah, for me, where the standouts for the relationship is the first one is that the, there's a little league baseball game because Thorny, oh who's the director, who's the, also, I think we mentioned is the director as well, but he is the coach of a little league team and all of his, but all of his, you know, coworkers, buddies, uh, on the force go to, uh, you know, support his son who he has with a hippie girlfriend who runs a head shop, which I all thought was very interesting. 
there was, yeah, there's something about that where I, I yeah. just kind of like, let it, it kind of went over my head, those scenes. I feel like it just, it was a part of his character, but it just didn't really like contribute to any too, too much. It was just like, oh, this is a part of, part of him. But also it was like, I was just really hinging on a lot of the funny, funny stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Next scene. <laughs> Okay. I, yeah. I mean, he, he has a hippie girlfriend. He's a he's in law enforcement. I, yeah. Because uh, it would just be it would, it would always be like it always felt like maybe like how it was edited and how it was framed within each scene. It always seemed like I mean maybe, maybe the baseball game was kind of catering more to that, even though if they were having their own separate conversation. But even at the burger place, he goes off to have a conversation real quick on the phone about about his son and then uh-huh. and you don't even know you kind of forget what he's saying because you're kind of looking at Farva in the background like fucking with the burger guy but uh-huh. it's just like there's his life is kind of like I, I can't talk about this right now I gotta get back <laughs> yeah. to like what's actually happening so you kind of just like I, it's hard to yeah it was hard for me to place my full attention into something that that's distracted yeah, by a, a lot of the the shenanigans my friend the, so many shenanigans Oh man! Even like not seeing this movie when it came out, I feel like that word became a part of the lexicon again. Just just from uh, just from this movie, shenanigans, oh, sure. shenanigans came back. Or Dane Cook, Dane Cook had had a bit. I feel like where you just be like, I say shenanigans in a loud and funny way, so it's yeah. funny now because I say shenanigans. Shenanigans, funny way. I'm Dane Cook. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. that's kind of the energy. I mean, that's yeah, kind of the, that is, the yeah. comedy around this time. But it's uh, still it it was kind of surprising how well this entire movie uh, held up. But they uh, they find this uh, this stash at the bottom of the Winnebago, and that's where they get the lead. Where it's kind of like that's their way of saving uh, saving their station, saving saving their mm-hmm. sitch. Yeah, absolutely. So the the weed barrel or barrels, I get, I don't bricks or whatever. Mm-hmm. They had the Johnny Chimpos <laughs> sticker on it, which is got, uh, quite the logo, which is really funny because obviously is that, a, is like, that a, a existing in real life thing? What is that monkey? Is that I, a, I, I don't know. I okay. would, God, I would, oh, man, I, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Like, did somebody make an animation for that scene of them right. smoking and watching? Like, is that an actual thing? Like I, yeah, I guess that's one ref. If that is a reference, that's one. I don't, I don't know if, uh, or somebody just yeah made that animation. That seems like a broken lizard. Like oh let's get yeah uh-huh. let's get Johnny. He does the animation of like monkeys fucking a banana, but it's actually it's Dick at the same time. Yeah, he'll do a little mm-hmm. animation for us. Or or it kind of seemed like Saturday TV Funhouse kind of Smigel sort of shit too. But um, what that was amazing scene. Oh, we haven't brought up uh the couple, the European couple. Oh yeah, let's talk about the German yeah, couple. Yeah. I mean that scene. That scene is great, and they are like are also like scene stealers. So we got you know we got the kid at the burger place, and and you know and, and them as well. Who's oh man? Who is the other one I just just mentioned? But um, just got, got some great like one off one off scene people. You know? Yeah, you're talking about the like director, the cop director guy being a scene stealer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, so the German couple, so they get pulled over because they're speeding. They're going very fast. And I love the music that they're listening to because it's like most generic. And they <laughs> you, and, it, and it keeps coming back because every time the car is essentially moving and it happens again because Ra- Rabbit takes it out to fuck with. 
uh, I can't remember exactly why, because he's like in a wig, uh, driving oh. the the car. It's to fuck with the rookie yet near the. Oh no, that's still his Miata. Uh, maybe I forget. No, he, yeah, he uses it. Uh, yeah, I forget exactly how, but yeah. I know what you're talking about. He brings the wig <laughs> back and and does that thing. Yeah. Uh huh. But yeah, any the point is is that anytime that car's driving, it's got this like this techno mm-hmm. music of just uh God, yeah, I wanna I, I feel like there's lyrics to it and they're just probably really silly, like <laughs> dance. <laughs> you know, or uh, move it. You like to dance with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is the rhythm of the night, baby. <laughs> that guy comes back too in Beer Fest, the uh, German guy. Great. Um, oh, I would hope so. Anytime yeah, he comes up, he's and I love their kind of reverence for him of like, uh, they, they like include him in shit. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry, man, you got to go to jail. But it's like, this is a stolen car. And even like, yeah. he's just, you know, the 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 main guy, the chief, I forget what, what is uh, his, his character's name. Thorny is is like, hey, I'm sorry, man, but this is a stolen car. It's like when we, the boss, yeah. said, chief said no more shenanigans. Usually I let it slide. But right now we got it. And right when he's about the rookie's about to like publicly go bone zone with, with this lady on the hood of the car and, uh, yes. and yeah, in front of her partner. But it's, I don't know. It's like a sexual scene. That's also like, uh, this is the raunchy in, in, part of the comedy. Yeah. It's raunchy. It's but like it's, a lot in, of like in, panty shots of yeah, her uh-huh. and right, you know, and then also to the German guys bisexual right. and he's like tickling, you know, and asking about, you know, also being included in stuff. There's this, you know, he's like staring at her while uh rabbit is uh, like, yeah, hooking up with her. And I, it again, yeah, like what you mentioned, but it's noticeable and awesome that it's in this movie is that Thorny comes to the situation and isn't like, Rabbit, what are you doing? Yeah, you can't be doing that. He's like, and then there's not the, really many, there's not really any flat characters. There's like a nuance <laughs> no. to like the conversation of just like, hey, I like not yes or no, but like I want it, but I, you can't have it, or like I, I'd be down there's for this, the, but like, and then and then right. even and then even like the uh, German couple. You get the feeling at first you're like, oh, the reason that he, they're trying to be so sexual towards him is because they're trying to get away. Out of the t- yeah. But that's but then you start to realize not necessarily. <laughs> they're just kind of like this. Because even they're when they do get arrested, they're like, okay, kinky, oh handcuffs, okay, yeah, whatever. Like so it's just kind of like whatever, whichever way you want it, baby. So it's just kind of I like that that's just who they are. And then even it didn't yeah, really harsh his mellow when he's like, oh, okay, you're going to take you out of the jail cell and make you watch a cartoon and translate for us and we'll get you high. And then even at the end of that scene, the, I thought it was when he's like, okay, we're going to put you back in the cell with your beautiful wife. So like the, they didn't show up with the idea of that. They're just staying in a cell together is that's pretty great. too. <laughs> <laughs> they're just fucking in the cell. Or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Well, you know, something I just thought of when we were talking about this is like there is a callback in the pullover scene because Rabbit is hooking up with her. And then Thorny like whispers to him, like, you know, any other day 
I would be fine with this. Like, mm-hmm. or to the, ex- and then he, he says, I could even show you how to swing. And oh, yeah. I, I didn't, and I just put it together. Cause that does come back. Cause there's like <laughs> later on too, you know, we thorny and, you know, also too, to what you were saying about the, their relationship or thorny's relationship with his hippie girlfriend peppered in in this. Yeah. A lot of it is like, no, he worried about his son is a lot of that, but like, what are they going to do about their relationship? If the station does close out as a lot of that and they're, ha- and then they have a conversation about that stuff together and you don't know what's going on. And he is so thorny. He's just got like this bowl, of the, not a bowl, but he's got a, a bunch of bananas and they're both in, uh, in their underwear. And you're like, Oh, they're probably just going to bed. But what's this, what's this bunch of bananas he's doing? Like, why does he, why does he have that? And then, so they're talking, they're walking down and then they like open up the room and you know that they have a kid and the camera just has it where you just see feet jumping on the bed. And then, so they're having this conversation about like, so if this, you know, if the station closes, like, I don't, I don't know. I can't go. I, I can't go work at your head shop. I, you know, I'm law enforcement. I need to go like, you know, I need to do. I can't do that. I need to do something else. And while they're having this conversation, he authority just keeps going like, stop jumping on the bed. <laughs> and, and, they're just, and then they keep having this conversation about what they're going to do if the station closes. And then it finally shows you who's jumping on the bed and it's not their son. It's the two German couple. Yeah. And, and, the, and then Thorny brought yeah. the bananas as fuel for fucking. And they're so swing it together and i just was like i lost it i thought it was just so funny how they did that whole jumping on the bed situation because also to that german couple again like they're just so revelrous of just like yeah "Yeah, we're jumping on the bed and it's hilarious they're never like yeah they're never down they're always like sexually invigorous the whole Mm -hmm. like everything they're in and uh Maybe like it's same with the mayor. I don't know. It's like you, you, it's not, it's okay to have a couple like flat characters kind of jump in and join the scenes and kind of maybe not flat, but they're, they have like the mayor is kind of like a little bit one, one note, but it's a really good beat and it's a good bit that they're telling this character to do and just to go on that energy and then to be like, Oh, look at the script and be like, oh, we can have them in like all these other scenes um, and add even more funny stuff throughout it is uh, it was very satisfying. And um, I mean, from from there, it's just kind of like, yeah, all these, you know, from from vignette to vignette of of them doing their shenanigans. uh, Mm -hmm. I guess there'd be like when the uh, when the shit hits the fan, I guess, would be the next thing right right before the resolution of it all. Yeah. Um, So you know, how we get into that is so the station is going to close down and where at this point, I think everybody's kind of just looking to get back at, there's a little bit of a hope and this is the last ditch effort, I guess is what I should say. Um, and the lady cop that foster is, um, talking to, uh, she gives them information that in the Winnebago, there is the weed like there is weed in the Winnebago and she's going to help them uh, unlock things. They're going to go at this particular time, which I, I had to look it up. So I was so curious about when like the least staffed time, 
you know, uh, like a police station or just uh, would be because I just you thought Googled it was such that? a yeah oh you're on a list now probably man (laughs) i'm probably on a list but whatever um it's not as bad as as the list danny's on for signing up for uh what was it it was that uh alt-right uh social media yeah uh site because he wanted to see what they're talking about (laughs) (laughs) his name's gonna he's gonna be one of the insurrectionists on one of those lists clubhouse telegram i don't know anyways parlor or some shit parlor yes he signed up for parlor that's what it was um but anyway so yeah the um, that little mole little (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah he wanted to fuck with all right people but now i'm like dude you're just gonna get on a you're on a list now man i don't know why is it worth anyways that's neither here nor there (laughs) yeah we've talked about it um it's Uh, kind of funny but yeah, so yeah, I, I like drunk. I just I like drunk Brian Cox. Like the, this is yes. when you kind of get like Brian Cox being like, "Fuck it," like, and then you get uh, well, yeah, how, like just the I guess how uh, Ursula divvies out Ursula. In, in, yes, thank information you. is a, a little suspect. Yeah, because she's. I mean, she she like no know, has known this from the beginning, but she has been like very guarded about it and not wanting to tell them. And I guess like, who do you tell? But it's just kind of like at the end, she's like, yeah, I've known the whole time, but you guys got to help me now. Cause they're about to make this big shipment. But it's like, she, I don't know. She could have like said something earlier and gotten some help in like fixing the whole situation. But whatever, sure. whatever she, whatever. Yeah. I, I know. I'm, this is, this is what happens when you may make like a podcast about like a silly comedy. It's like, you oh, start getting sure. into like the nitty nitty gritty of it all. But um, she was, yeah, their connection into the police and it all comes together together very neatly because Farva is, uh, the, the backstabber and he has a reason, reason for, for it. it. And yeah. And explains it and goes like, and he also sticks up for them once mm-hmm. it's, he caves once it's finally over and honestly just makes a decision to keep working in law enforcement. So it's like a really nuanced decision. Sure. Farva is an asshole. So you want to be like, fuck you. But he tells him, he's like, I'm not on the road. You guys treat me like shit. Yeah. This station's go-. and the also too, it's really insult to injury, which is his character in a nutshell, where the way he's per, like, saying it to them is just very yeah like fuck you guys a little bit and the i'm not you know i made the best decision yeah, it kind of sounds like a petulant child a little bit yeah. and it's like if you know this this guy is in your life it's kind of like uh, at certain times maybe you just have to deal with him because he's your uh yeah. your, your uh you know brother in arms yeah exactly and but i that that time he he, he pulled him over and stood up to them when they're trying to make their move uh, yeah, because the other one yeah. of the, I don't know it. It told me that that actor has fucking range, and uh-huh. I've known that I'd known that all the way leading up to that point because he is. Uh, there's plenty of highlights in this movie, but that role again could have been played like the police chief isn't played just like blah, 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 you can't do that. Duh, duh, duh. He could have been just like very like woe is me woe is me like oh Uh i'm so sad and like oh i'm the outcast and everything yeah Yeah, but instead he's just like you can tell he wants to be a part of everything he's like Uh yeah guys open bar yeah woo like oh let's be i like and that whole like uh i forget the um 
little nickname that he comes up for him him and the police chief but he's he's trying to make very cringe awkward you know sort of efforts to connect but he's trying and almost too hard to a fault where it like rubs people the wrong way and that is so much more interesting than someone who you can just telepath from the beginning that they're like and even him you kind of could too is like he's going to betray them and that's going to be an an obvious move Um, Mm. but then he has his like redemptive sort of um, point where he confronts the police chief where he's he's uh kind of being empty-minded uh donkey-brained enough to to think that uh the police chief is like going there to stop it but when in fact the police chief is the one who's behind it all along and uh they have this kind of trojan horse sort of uh police car situation where they jump out of the trunk and they get into uh each respective like separate fist fights in the dark. <laughs> uh, and there's like these like French Canadian guys that are trying to ru- <laughs> smuggle the, the grass smuggle. out of, out of mm. there. And there's like very obvious Canadian flags. On the, <laughs> <laughs> on the point. Oh, they're Canadian. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. And the guy, of course. <laughs> I love that. It's, you uh, know, uh, and then, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then I mean the I and then I like this kind of epilogue scene too. is a, is a really great way to mm-hmm. leave, leave the movie, um, the comedy that's like yeah, just full circle and bookends. I love it. Bookends I it with also it so the much. same characters that opened the movie with. So you get the the kind of opening with the teenagers, and then you get the teenagers at the end here too, and then uh, you get them uh, revealing themselves as uh, police officers and the new the new crew. And then, uh, then I, I don't know around this time. There's a lot of comedies that, uh, have these little like, uh, snippets at the end of the credits where they just so show some funny mm-hmm. stuff going on, whether it's bloopers or in this movie, it's just like, yeah, more epilogue stuff where they're just like partying with the teenagers. And that's like, again, like a, a loving, happy place to leave the yeah. movie. Like these two, these two things that people that were, separate at the beginning of the movie that they were fucking with and not that they were antagonistic or anything or like hanging out and partying and having a good time. That's how you're leaving the movie. And it's, it's a happy uh, feeling that I'm, I'm having walking out of this and I'm, I'm smiling ear to ear and they give everyone their like slated picture and credit. And uh, I'm, I'm walking out smiling. How how are you feeling after this movie? I'm yeah, I'm feeling light. I'm feeling, yeah, uh, just, Good. I'm feeling good. I I have a good time with this. This is a good-hearted movie. I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Do you want to hear what uh, some of these critics are thinking? Yeah, you know what? Let's hear what some of these assholes. Let's get into critic reviews, baby. Real farvas. (laughs) Just a reminder, the score is 36% for critics and 90% for audiences. Thank thank you so much. That's, that's, uh, that's a big... Big gap. This this like fits really well into our purposes for this podcast. I mean, for a for a comedy to have such a disparity, and then we didn't even talk about the sequel that was they crowdfunded, and even the difficult time that they had making this movie. Uh, it's interesting how much they're they're pushing against just to get it out there. But then once it is out there, people fucking love it. And the yeah. crowdfunder like raised like two million in like twenty four hours or something like that. Like, uh, I, know I haven't seen the second one, but um, I I heard some stories about how this one just 
went through uh, difficult times getting made and this like retired uh, investment banker like through that like, they knew like you know friend of a friend of a family mm-hmm. or something like that like threw them a million dollars and they made it on like a low budget and oh, people loved yeah. it yeah and, like even that like Harvey Weinstein was even close to picking it up and then he uh I guess it's like he had the option to like table it and like kind of push it along and kind of punt it and make it later. But instead he like gave it back to the writer to like go figure it out and make it somewhere else. And they kind of like independently figured it out with that. Yeah. That big, uh, producer investment, retired investment banker guy. And then the second one is crowdsource. It's just like the broken lizard thing. It's like an interesting journey for these guys. I digress. Let's get to critics reviews. I, uh, we'll start with New York times, Dana Stevens, uh, 10% uh, goes on to say, bad and tasteless. You laugh neither with it nor at it, but rather sit counting the minutes while the movie laughs for no good reason at itself. Uh, Los Angeles Times, the Los Angeles version of those times. Oh, gotcha. Those same times. West Coast Times. West Coast Times. Kevin Thomas, Pacific Standard. Pacific Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> uh-huh. PST. PST. Uh, there's nothing super about super troopers except for those deep into the low end of the frat house mentality that equates smart alecky with hilarity. Oh, okay. You're just not a funny person then. Yeah. It's going to be hard for me to like sympathize with critics that are going to call this juvenile because that's part of what this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're just like, okay, then you don't understand comedy because, mm-hmm. and you're using yeah. that juvenile sensibility to make fun of police. Uh huh. Sure. Like that's, I don't know. That's just funny to me. Like, and maybe not everyone likes reading uh-huh. 911, but the idea of it, I, it's just funny. It's like cops are dumb and, and make silly or like bad, not silly, but like bad decisions. And they're that, human beings. They're not dumb or they anything. Can, just like, no, I'm sorry. That was a very broad blanket term sort of thing. I'm just saying within Reno 911, that's mm. the majority of the cops in Reno 911 are. And seeing that side of things yeah, is like, sure. as as in with any like work workplace thing. But yeah, human beings is a way better, better way to put it. But uh, seeing them made fun of and using a, a childlike sensibility to ascribe to these people that should be on top of their shit, but instead they're like having fun and playing games uh, under the right sort of direction and ways of trying to make someone laugh. It can come across very effective um, in a comedy and I will move on to, let's see here. I want to pick some other uh, part of the map. Let's go to, Chicago Tribune with Mark Mark Caro, 50 out of 100, manages to leave the impression that it was funny, even though most of its jokes don't score. Uh, We'll go to Baltimore Sun. (laughs) Uh, Chris Kaltenbach. Puerile. Offensive. Degrading. Dumb. Pointless. Insipid. And may just well be a harbinger for the end of Western civilization as wow. we know it. So that person's 90 years old. But I laughed. Sorry. Whoa! Hello! 
50. <laughs> I don't know. 60 is fresh. So it's like these, some of these people are on the cusp where so they're like kind of, that was a roller coaster, kind of lukewarm. <laughs> I did not expect that at the end. Yeah. And then I laughed. Whoa. <laughs> like the most intense negative adjectives. Mm-hmm. And then like, but then I laughed. That's it's like, it almost seems like self Hatred, hey, yeah, yeah it's like, like why did i laugh yeah, at this for those listening right now these doing like um uh paul bettany and uh exactly um what a performance that is <laughs> oh yeah gotta, gotta love paul bettany is da vinci code a, a possible uh ep i feel like i feel like be. one of those movies in that series because usually did within you see a, past that, did no, you go, did you no, see I think that? there's three in that series, maybe even four. Oh I don't my fucking God. Know. But it, it, you know, in those, and there's the kind of series where the first one's hot and like fresh, like some of them actually you, not. The, no the, one even liked the first one. No one even liked the first oh, one. 25%, no. 57%. Oh, well, <laughs> Paul Bettany was really good in Ron Howard's a beautiful mind. He is. Another yes. Uh huh. Yeah, really wonderful. I mean, I love Paul Bettany. Right, um, Bettany? Yeah, he's in A Knight's that, Tale. That's a that polarizing like, movie. That's one you might do sometime. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. Anyways. <laughs> uh, we'll do a TV Guide magazine. Steve Simels. Looks like smiles, but spelt wrong. Uh, 50. <laughs> oh. 50. <laughs> Uh, fans of cheesy 70s TV shows will also be pleased by Wonder Woman Linda Carter's brief cameo appearance as the governor of Vermont. That was her. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, what am I doing here? She's like, what? She's yeah, like oh, she's it, was a, a it was a drug bust. She's like, for cocaine? She's like, for marijuana. And she's like, what the fuck am I doing what here? Doing here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she's all, she, yeah, cuts it short while people are talking and giving speeches, I think she just, she does like eye rolls. She just, yeah. And to me, it almost was like, so it, it seemed like she is a person, not even the character in the movie was it, just well, really it, over Within it. like the story, like served, I guess, why she would be so willing to just throw it to the police and not give a fuck about the troopers or whatever. Cause she's just like, whatever. She's like checked out of this whole situation. She's like, her mind's on other things. So she's just like, whatever whatever is going on. So like they, there would be no way for, if she was actually like, uh, you know, a, a self, like a good meaning, like a full of heart person, then them, they could maybe would have an opportunity to approach her and, ch- and plead their case or something. But she seems so standoffish that you're like, Oh, well, there's no, there's no chance to even, uh, explain the situation to her of what's actually going on with the police and mm-hmm. maybe try to get more funding or something. She's just like, no. No Not chance. And then like the mayor was kind of like the mediator a, a little bit. Um, oh. We'll do like uh, one or two more. Uh, Washington Post, Destin Thompson. The best thing about the movie is it's personable, amusing cast. All members of the five-man comedy troupe, Broken Lizard. There's a chemistry among them, which obviously comes from having been together as comedians at Colgate University. Oh. They all went there together and that's uh, how they met. Um, where is that? Is that a East Coast? I think it's, yeah, I think it's near Boston. Boston? I think it's near yeah, there. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, I like they got a good basketball team. Oh, okay. I hear they got great toothpaste. New York. <laughs> New York. Yeah. New York, okay. Um, then we'll oh, go with... I've had uh, liberal arts college. Probably not the right one I'm thinking about for basketball. Who knows? 
We'll go with uh, 58 from uh, Lisa Schwartzbaum from Entertainment Weekly, just right before Fresh, but not all the way. Um, she says, uh, Scattershot, hit and often miss comedy. So more miss than hit is what I gather from that one. Let's move on to customer uh, reviews um, on Amazon. This is an average of 4.7 out of 5 with 11,000 ratings. That's 83% are uh, five stars. So a lot of love there. Um, and Rotten Tomatoes is a 90%, very spicy 90. That's a spicy, mm. that's a spicy 90. Um, we'll start with Steve S. titled Dying of Laughter. I simply love this movie. I had to pick up a copy on the same day that Super Trooper 2 released. It was, a, it was a nostalgia bomb of memories and feelings. I was so happy I was able to rewatch the movie before before seeing the second one. Um, we'll move on to... See, it just the just the stark difference between those is... Oh, man, I'm just immediately thinking about, like, that person watched this movie the correct way is what came to mind yeah. when I heard that in comparison to what we just listened to with the critics who are just, yeah, like, so tone-deaf, not... You, do you not know how to, like, frame your... It, okay, maybe not. I'm not saying that this is an easy thing, but like frame your mind, frame the your where you're coming from in the way that you're ingesting the world around you for the situation. You know, you're not going to act the same way that you do in church that you do at a nightclub. Like where maybe these people do because they just have no social life. Or I no, I don't want to be disparaging. Mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, critics. You have, probably have a vibrant social life. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, like where where is that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> anyways. Yeah, it's. I mean, I can I can understand when a comedy doesn't rub you the right way. If it rubs you the wrong totally. way, it can be like really like uh -huh. borderline right. offensive and upsetting because you're just like, not only am I not laughing, but I'm like actually like upset that it's trying so hard and failing. Uh, but yeah, it's like I don't know. Art can be subjective, but comedy can be very fickle like in terms of how you uh you love it or you hate it very polarizing if you will oh, uh yeah that's why we do this here. That's, why, that's why we're here that's uh this one is it. just from amazon customer five stars titled watch this movie right meow yeah nice we well, didn't talk about that scene i know I mean, man that's like the one scene i kind of remembered from the first time i watched it too it's the best it's the best it's, it's such a good yeah. bit Mm -hmm. really was, great bit like born out of them just like really late at night in a hotel room trying to come up with shit and then they like woke up the next day and they needed like some sort of like carry over to the next scene and like somebody wrote on a post-it note like now equals meow and i heard uh what's his name was it foster's exclamation yeah. for it and when some interview he's like yeah i don't know we were like up late at night we were maybe smoking drinking something and uh, I like, or like someone said, like, yeah, what if a wizard turned your tongue into a cat's tongue, and the only discernible difference was you said meow <laughs> oh, instead of meow. <laughs> oh, do I got a kitty behind me? You got. <laughs> She's she, like, she, you, you guys, <laughs> you guys are speaking my language. <laughs> uh, but Amazon customer says. Well, I wanted to watch the original Super Troopers again before I went and saw the second one. I figured that I would just rent the movie for the night and get a good watch out of it, but I noticed for like $1 more, I can own it. Didn't even think about it, and I bought it. So happy to own one of my favorite movies of all time. This movie itself is a comedic riot, just loaded to the gills with funny and quotable moments. Broken Lizard makes some classic cult films, and this is one of the best. I'm always happy to support these guys, and in return... 
They make me laugh my ass off. If you haven't seen this movie yet, get yourself a liter of cola and buy this movie, <laughs> Meow. It's nice. worth it. Side note, I just saw the second movie in theaters last night, and it's hilarious as well. So you should go see that too and support the Broken Lizard guys so they make more movies. This person gets it. That person sounds like a delight to be around. Yeah. And just, <laughs> just the idea of like they're following the Broken, like the broken yeah, Lizard guys like, of like, I want, I want to support them. And one of those things, it just feels like even if they maybe didn't like it they'd be like oh at least i'm still supporting these guys and uh yeah it almost bums me out that they have a hard time making movies because i was like man i don't see enough of these guys and you know i'm like what else have they done and i was like oh yeah they've done some other like cult classic stuff but i'm like they should i don't know they're probably still they're probably doing fine they're probably still still working doing doing their things but it's just like uh this I just got the feeling that this shouldn't be so culty. It should be more uh, ubiquitous, but mm-hmm. in, within yeah. certain crowds, it is. So, um, sure. we'll, we'll go to Jay the bus driver, titled "Shenanigans." You talking about shenanigans? Uh, <laughs> classic movie. Every line is a quotable quote, and everyone who has seen it has a few favorite lines they find themselves repeating. Hey, Farva, what's the name of that restaurant you like with all that goofy stuff on the walls and mozzarella sticks, etc. Even yep. if the movie didn't have that classic aspect to it, the adorable Marisa Coughlin in her prime as Ursula would make the movie worth owning. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Jay, the, okay, Jay, the bus yeah, driver. All right. Sorry. All right, Jay, the bus. Yeah, okay. Well, all right. all right. Well, you know. Well, we don't support that. <laughs> and moving this on. Is, this is where. Uh, this is where you get the uh, fan side of things. Cause you, do you think a yeah, critic? It would, is a raunchy comedy. Yeah, for sure. And do you think the critics would be like, yeah, yeah. Like, Oh, you know, why I'm watching this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. <not. laughs> Could you imagine? You're like, well, that person just likes movies that have tits in it. <laughs> <laughs> this is from mad magazine. <laughs> uh, I'll do like a one or two more. Uh, okay. From uh G side titled great funny movie, great funny movie had, had a blast watching it yet again. This time my older son now 13 watched with me in, in the hubby. Good older kid time. If you don't mind your kids seeing the jokes made about shrooms and weed, nothing worse than anything said at school though. Really? Yeah. She's not wrong. Might as well have them learn somewhere. I don't know. And if they have questions, you can talk about it. Then well, the G side has got to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, We're not going to talk. We don't tell people how to parent on this podcast. Nope, that's right. <laughs> I'm just buying into G-Side's way of thinking. Uh, I'll do uh, from Princess, titled Brought Back Memories. Loved watching this movie again. Brought so many memories from my teens and was perfect to rewatch again before the second version came out. Need a laugh? This one is for you, then. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you. I think everyone's... For you. <laughs> Uh, everyone is gearing up for, uh, the, the second one, it seems like, um, Oh yeah, sure. Cause I mean, that makes sense. Like when this first <laughs> came out, this was in 2001. So like, I don't know how much people are going on Rotten Tomatoes to write comments. No. Yeah. The or like the, Amazon, the second yeah. one or Amazon. Sorry. Yeah. And, um, and I, th- I think that is that how you were able to watch this? Like, I forget, but I, I was just going to read this one more. I was glancing at it. It's kind of yeah. funny. From Ty A. Johnson, titled Hysterical Movie. The first time I watched this movie, I laughed so hard my sides hurt for a couple days after. The best part is the movie is funny, sober, or drunk, and especially short, shortly after four in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> that 70s show is also really good. 
there's a link to the season one of that 70s show. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, that's, yeah, that guy gets it. I think it might have been a little bit past four when you wrote that review. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm watching the 70s show. Oh, I should recommend it. If you like this, you like this. You know what? Um, People online, yeah, <laughs> need to so, know. I mean, did you get an idea at all, like, why critics didn't like this and why audiences did, why it's polarizing? Like, do you, what do you think? What, what's, uh, yeah, sure. How I mean, would the you critics... mediate this, this, this uh, discussion between the two, Judge Brandini? Um. Well, I just think crass, raunchy humor is something that is going to always be tough for critics to fully like get on board with, because I feel like if they did, then it would almost like, uh, you know, like um, devalue their future opinions. Like, oh, if you really enjoyed Super Troopers, how could you enjoy that? It's a stupid movie about drugs and shenanigans. Mm. Like, how could you like this? You know, my name I, is at stake. I can't promote my, this type exactly. of Exactly. Exactly. So I think there's a lot of that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's understandable why the audience liked it. And I think it's something that we'll probably get into in our, of, you know, final thoughts. Yeah. Carry on into your final thoughts. If you, if you care to, I mean, Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I, no, don't No, Yeah. You go for it. And then if I have anything to say about, yeah, I'll ask you the same question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I got a Uh, segment for after. So get ready. uh, I'm so excited. Okay. So yes. Okay. The things though, that I want to talk about, to for me is well and leading in from what i was just talking about is i agree with the audience wholeheartedly here because i think if you come at this with the right attitude uh it really treats you well because it it has a good attitude and i that stood out to me and it really 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 goes a long way when you have a good attitude embedded into the comedy and into the ethos of this movie this movie isn't yeah it doesn't it's not mean-spirited about law enforcement necessarily it just humanizes the characters that happen to be law enforcement and just overall humanizes a lot of the characters in it and a part of that humanization is showing that they care that they it isn't about fucking people over necessarily it's about like doing good by their compatriots and by their family and you know and having a moral code and yeah it isn't about uh people conniving shitting on each other just to like yeah to fuck each other over because they all are miserable with their lives and just having this pessimistic like oh life sucks and we're you know all of this all, all of that shit that just would uh, yeah has happened and i think too that it happened in happens frequently in raunchy comedies where there's so many characters that get shit on in raunchy comedies, be it like actually shit on or just, you know, uh, dragged through the mud by which, you know, a whole host of ways that are funny, but ultimately you're like, Oh man, like these aren't good people. Uh, Why am I on board with these mean people? I'm not, they're all shitty people that do shitty things to, other people and i'm yeah it it would it detracts from having fun and being a comedy and you know i some of the best comedies don't take themselves seriously and i think also to a lot of great comedies like this one have a heart to it and i that's where you hang your hat on yes it's got some really funny jokes but ultimately since it isn't uh pessimistic that 
it won me over and generated a lot of cachet with me. And uh, yeah, so I think overall, I'm okay. What I would say that I am going to, you know, not give it a perfect score. And the reason being is because it's pretty boringly shot. There are some things that stand out, especially, and I made a note of it. There's this whole thing. It's like them getting ready for the heist or whatever that they're doing. And it does all of this like cool, um, camera work where everybody's like in a box and then there's these fades and all of this like uh really 70s cool camera work that is also like adds to the creativeness of this movie and i just yeah i would have loved to have seen a lot more of like also too in the very beginning scene of where the way that they edit and shot you know being in the car looking out at the cops as they're fucking with them you know it almost they make it seem like the car is magic where the car speeds down the road and and then it's uh, and then it pops up on the second time when it gets behind them or a third time, whatever. But like, and yeah, I, I, all of that was really fun. And I wish there was more of that. I think a, a lot of this movie just looks very boring. Um, and it, yeah, it does, it, yeah, that could have um, it's it's serviceable. Sure. But uh, I, I would have loved to have seen so much more from like. Yeah, it looking better. Um, and I understand I'm, I think that probably comes with the budget stuff, but I also too think that it has to do with a little bit of the direction. I mean, kudos to the director for also starring in the movie. I'm sure that's got to be and being like a producer, executive producer or everything like that. Like everybody in this crew is wearing a lot of hats. But yeah, I, I would probably assume that if it was more of a like director's director, we probably would have seen a little bit more of um yeah, interesting, more visually either funny or just overall appealing uh, stuff there. So that's what really what I would attract with and just slightly for just the plotting of it is just, yeah, um, it doesn't need to be, you know, ironclad, but whatever it's. Yeah, it's uh, bo boring. Um, it yeah, it, I don't know. It, it doesn't it's not that funny or thrilling or anything like that. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, and it also never really gets into the smuggling stuff. So you never really get any of that, you know, cause uh, we didn't really talk about it, but there was a, you know, the investigations uh, into the drug smuggling starts with a murder and the, this doesn't really follow any of that murder. It doesn't really talk about anything that went on with that. So yeah, that's the kind of stuff specifically that I'm talking about with like it's plotting and whatever. So, um, but overall I'm, uh, going to give this an 85%. Wonderful. V Wunderbar as our, uh, as our, mm. uh, German couple might Wunderbar. say, or, uh, in beer fest. Uh, I had such a good time, uh, watching this movie. Uh, it hit me just right. Just how I feel like they wanted, uh, it to hit me. I was about to go to sleep last night. And instead, I had one, maybe two more brewskis because mm. I, I, I picked up some tasty, uh, tasty brewskis nice. and I was like, oh, I, I'll watch it tomorrow. I'm like, no, I'm going to like late night watch this with like and I'm going to have one more beer than I should have. Yes. It seems like the perfect sort of movie perfect. to do exactly that. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to and it kept me up like it pushed me a little bit later into the night. I watched like the first half and the second half. Uh, today and it definitely you know I still had a great time today definitely was even better like late night a little buttery uh, if you're feeling a little buttery uh, you throw this on and you feel like a good chuckle 
and a half. This is gonna do it for you, unless you might be kind of dead inside. Sorry, no, I don't want to. I don't want to judge. <laughs> I don't want to judge. I just, I'm very satisfied with revisiting this and having it be almost like a part of my repertoire of like, oh, a funny movie. You, I should throw in a funny movie. I would feel very happy this being like a crowd pleaser of like, oh, you can yeah. throw it on, and even at any point in the movie too. Like we've, you know, we talked about like movies that like on cable that you could throw on and then you just won't turn off regardless of what point in the movie it is. <laughs> and this fits like absolutely that, that bill. Um, and it's, is one of, I forget, I forget how many comedies we've done on this podcast, but it, it absolutely is one of my favorite, if not my, like my favorite comedy that we've, and then we've done right night at the Roxbury and Robin hood men uh-huh. in tights. And these, it's interesting seeing like, the quote unquote misunderstood comedies that come our way on this polarized kingdom of ours. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I will commend it to get into any sort of like actual um, variables that I enjoyed. I'd say the, um, the characters, the acting, the improvisational skills, the writing and directing of uh, the vibe of the movie and the feeling of uh, chemistry within the scenes of having those um feel feel effortless because they are not effortless like they these people are kind of masters of their craft and for them to edit it down and pick the best ideas is very difficult and there's plenty of comedies that just take the first take the first take or don't understand that like it could use a little bit massaging Mm -hmm. and they say like they don't approve any joke unless they're all in agreement that it's that it should be there Mm -hmm. and they say about he said about like the third, the 35th draft of the script is when they feel like it's finally like ready. And I, I just appreciate that it is trial by community in terms of the script and and the uh, production process. And I feel like I'm watching people who are just trying to make each other laugh. And by uh, you know, just by like an amoebic kind of sort of quality, just in their infectious sort of quality, like it just rubs off uh, everywhere around them, everywhere they go. I feel like they, those guys probably probably have made people laugh since college. And to see that on like a grand stage, like a movie, um, I can see where like that one audience member was mentioning, just wanted to support these guys. I feel like I'm late to the party um in in many ways because this movie is probably quoted to me so many times and was like oh, i don't know what people are talking about but um i'm excited to check out uh uh beer fest and uh whatever else like club dread stuff i realize this might might be the best one but i'll, I'll check out super troopers 2 as well i really like these guys um brian cox is amazing uh yeah i guess if i'm gonna give some dings for sure like the 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 filmmaking and everything is um can be can be rough and how it's edited mm-hmm. seems a little bit like they were working with almost like a like a frankenstein sort of script in certain ways because they had shopped it around so much and it's funny that you mentioned the 70s thing because it actually was going to be a 70s movie at one point sure. I, it was the Farrelly brothers they shopped it to the Farrelly brothers and they said that they're like great we love it we just want to make it a seventies super troopers from 76 super trooper 76 or something. They were going to call it. Mm-hmm. So, and it like, it would fit. And if that was a sequel, that'd be cool too. Um, and they, even like the, the main guy, they like 
somebody wanted Ben Affleck to play that guy and stuff too. Maybe this this is probably around like Kevin Smith, maybe close to Kevin Smith times or something when he was doing movies like that. But anyways, um, I would, yeah, the the filmmaking, I totally agree with you there. And then to be honest, like I appreciate that there is some semblance of a plot, but it is like pretty threadbare and uh, it, it is like, kind of reliant upon the performance of Brian Cox to push it along and to yeah. add some like actual gravity to that situation. Because if he wasn't delivering those lines, I feel like it would have come across even weaker than it already kind of does. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to give too much knocks for it. I will say, yeah, it's not going to be a perfect score, but yeah, like that, uh, that driving force of the story could have been a bit more clear and uh, actually meant a little bit more something before it just got to the end and maybe a bit more from like the police chief as to, you know, why he's betray, like why he's doing what he's doing. And you can do that in a funny way too. Cause that police chief was funny, but uh, beyond that, like, I don't want to tell them how to make their movie. Like, I think they did a great job. I enjoyed, enjoyed myself and I'd give it uh, 82%. Yeah. Nice. I, uh, this nice. was, this was a, this was a win for me and I was unsure yeah. about how I was going to, going into it whether it was going to hold too. up and I uh, thoroughly enjoyed myself I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today I always do um, yeah, me too, man. and this was uh, this was one where you know I wanted we were going to have a guest and the segment would work work much better with a guest so I'm thinking I might just hold off uh, until okay. we have a third person because because it is totally. kind of like a competitive a game with like you know it's magnetized it's guess the guess the score you know this is a little tease for it i guess you know i I, Uh, okay but i'll pick movies with the same score from critics and audiences and you uh you and another person will have to guess what that what that score is you know i love it i love that idea okay yeah yeah we definitely need a guess for that but yeah i think i'm gonna have to hold off i think that'd be best um but that's a little tease we'll see that next time join us next time for or whenever we have a guest next time for magnetized <laughs> uh-huh. we'll just make a whole, whole podcast about that um but is there anything you want to uh you want to share with the world of polar kingdom el great brandini uh first of his name oh no we got to announce our next movie you, you yeah. do go ahead and do that too and then anything else you want to share yeah, so uh, our next movie is Pokemon, the first movie. Da, 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 da. Gonna be the be very, the very best. best. No one ever was. This is one with history for the both of us. I'm excited to get into it. It's got a 16% uh, critic rating. 16% critic rating. And a 64% audience rating. Um, this will be this will be fun. This is a yeah. 1998 uh, cartoon that is different Based from a video game and Japanese yeah. animation cartoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This For is... anybody who doesn't know, which everybody knows what, what Pokemon is, mm-hmm. whether you're familiar with this first movie is, yeah, I guess depends on your age mainly um, or your level of interest at the time. But I feel like, man, everybody. It's, it's that movie about a uh, annoying and base, like a uh, really annoying Jamaican people, right? <laughs> man. I yeah. keep a pokey, you man. Okay, man. I, I shouldn't do the voice. Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, the, you know it's, what? it's those Pokemons. They just like to Pokemon. Pokemon. 
Um, that was that was my joke that I'm going to end the episode with, and I'm sticking no. by it, baby. <laughs> I'm sticking by it. Welcome, welcome to James Mon, the first James Mon. Yeah. Yes, and uh, I am your forever guest. It's been a true pleasure. If you'd like to watch us do this uh, podcast live, we do it on twitch.tv slash polarizedpod. You can uh, reach out to us on Twitter at polarizedpod or polarizedthepod at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe on the old Apple iTunes situation. Um, I have been the, again, your forever guest, James, the Lindsay version, and... We have been Polarized Podcast, the podcast for all your polarizing movie needs. This has been The Great Brandini. Please send, a, send us off, my good friend. Bye-bye. Bulbasaur. Boba, 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 Boba,